Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Heather, welcome back to the podcast. This is Growing Up Sucks, where we hope we can take some of the sucks out of that growing up stuff. So uh, (laughs) we communicate a little bit by email, so I know we're going to talk about a pretty serious topic today. But again, just remind our audience something about you. Who are you? Where are you from? How old are you? So I'm 23 years old, and I'm a recent college graduate, and I currently have two jobs to help save some money to help get rid of those student loans. (laughs) Ah, student loans, yeah. Well, we talked the other day about money, so we'll leave off the student loan issue. But uh, uh, So you're 23, you've had uh, lots of friendships over the years, I bet, so you said you wanted to talk about resolving conflict with friends. So I bet behind that, there's a story. What's going on? There is a story. Um, There's a story that actually spans 10 years. Uh, Uh, Give me the abbreviated version of that. (laughs) It's a very short version. Um, When I was younger, I made a friend uh, through some of my mom's mutual friends and we hit it off right off the bat. We were the complete opposites. But that was a good thing. Opposites do attract. Um, She was more outgoing, more personable, more not so much partying type. She enjoyed hanging out with friends. I was more stay at home, get lost in a good book, uh, not really talk to a lot of people. I was very shy as a child. (laughs) Um, Complete opposite of now. But she and I were very good friends until high school hit. And I think that's really when a lot of friendship conflicts happen is when high school hits, uh, just because of trying to find different groups where you fit in and everything. And she was older than I was, so she did um, hit high school before I did. And one of our very first major fights was involving a boy that I liked, and she decided to tell him, but then ask him out herself. And as a young kid, I don't really know how to handle that. And we had a very big fight and subsequently quit being friends over it. Mm. Um, the boy and I remained friends, but. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good news. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a difficult time. It was definitely a growing pain experience because I never had a fight with a friend before. And After that, well, we were friends for a little bit after that, but she had a complete personality change and I had a complete personality change and we kind of came into ourselves and we had nothing in common, like I said, and that just kind of heightened when we hit high school, when I hit high school Um, and we did drift apart, but the drifting apart resulted in a few arguments and fights between us and it was rough. It was a rough time. And she was one of my, she was my best friend, I would say. And it was, it's hard to lose your best friend, especially after being together for so long. But. All right. So um, anything happened recently? So what triggered the thought that we should talk about this? Well, she actually reached out to me and I had been thinking about her for a very long time for some reason. You weren't friends through college. Nope. You didn't, the, you didn't go to the same college? No. no. Okay. The last time we talked was probably 2016. 
if I'm honest. Five, five years ago. Okay, so before yeah. college for you. Yeah. So recently, some, you got in touch. Um, I've been thinking about her for a while, and she's moved on with her life. She's made a life for herself, which is great, and I was happy for her. And I felt like reaching out on my part wouldn't be beneficial. It's in the past, and it, you know, she has her life now. I have my life now. We've kind of forgotten about each other, I guess. And then a few days, um, actually a few days ago, this is how recent it was, I got a message from her asking if maybe we could catch up, hang out, talk about the things that happened because we did leave each other on sour notes. And I wouldn't say we're friends, but we did catch up and we did talk about the incidents and I stated my feelings and she stated her feelings and there were some behind the scene things in her life that were causing her to act the way she was. And there were some things in my life causing me to act the way I was. I mean, she wasn't completely in the wrong. I was in the wrong with some of it. And we kind of resolved it. And now granted, like each, every occurrence is different. It could have ended on another bad note, but um we ended on a good note we haven't talked for a few days it was just kind of one and done but it was good to kind of talk it out finally now i i want to add a couple of comments to help our audience and it's a great story and i hope that you do get a chance to talk to her her or him again and i think said her and um communicate and uh, i want to get around to talking about how you communicated in a minute and what words did you use? How did you feel about that? But let me go back to the to what you hinted at the causes of the some of the conflict were things that neither one of you knew going on in the background that may have contributed to behavior that at that moment you thought was directed at you or was more hurtful than maybe it was intended to be. Uh, am I right about that interpretation? Yeah, there was a lot of um, familial things going on for her, and there were a lot of other outside sources for me going on, and I think the stress from the different issues were what were causing us both to lash out at each other. And I know you've heard, you know, walk a mile in their shoes, and, you know, you got to be more tolerant of people because you never know what's going on in their life, but I want to get specific in just a moment of something called the attribution bias. Have you heard of that? I haven't. All right. In psychology, we talk about it a lot. Um, it's, a, it's called the fundamental attribution error in some contexts. So it goes like this. Um, when we interpret other people's behavior, like what caused that person to do that? We have a bias. When they do things that are rather negative, we have a tendency to attribute to in their internal causes, like their psychology. They wanted to do that, they did that. That's a trait of theirs. But when bad things happen or around us, like we cause something unfortunate to happen or in, 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 inadvertently say the wrong thing, we know all kinds of causes for that, including external causes. So we have a tendency to attribute our own behavior to external causes, particularly our not so pleasant behavior. And we can say, oh, well, I said that, but this was going on at home. And so therefore that makes sense. That's why I said it. But when other people do things almost the exact same, we don't know the external causes of their circumstances, right? We don't know them like we know our own. And so we limit our interpretation to internal causes. Well, that's just the way she is. 
right? She says things like that because that's the way she is. And the bias comes in, that's a bias right there. But the bias is even worse when we think about positive things. So when we do positive things, we attribute it to our internal causes. Like, I'm just smart. That's why I did well on the test. Or I'm really friendly. That's why everybody likes me. Or, you know, we, we get these internal things and then we flip it for the other people. So when things, good things happen to them, they go, they're just lucky, you know, or somebody, you know, somebody opened a door for them that I was, was on, it was, you know, lucky for them, but they didn't open a door for me like that, right? They had circumstances or they had different. So this bias is, is it's built in, it's really called the fundamental attribution error because we do it that often. The psychologists are very, very careful to help people reinterpret other people's behavior and our own. Like we really have to stop and say, I don't know why they did that. Why don't I ask? <laughs> and that brings us to the communication part. When people do things we don't like, often what we should do is stop before we interpret it in a way that makes us mad or frustrated and say, look, I don't know why. My reaction is, I didn't like that, but I don't know why they did that. And I probably, I can't, I can't be in their head. Why don't I make an inquiry? Why don't I stop for a second and ask, hey, why did you do that? Um, and then this gets to the part where you said you were very clear on stating your feelings, which is beautiful. That's what grownups have to learn how to do, right? You, we have to be able to say, here's how you made me feel when that happened. Or here's how I felt. I don't think the you made me. Stop, drop the you part. <laughs> this is how I felt when I heard this or when this happened is, is, is the right approach. And then they can say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it for, to be interpreted that way, which, by the way, my wife and I, that's got to be the most common phrase. <laughs> because we just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. We have a very good marriage. Uh, but we talk out a lot of things. If we can't talk about, about it in the moment, we talk about it the next day or the next week when we're calmed down, which, again, applies to your situation. You were calm. You weren't in the heat of the moment. You weren't feeling frustrated, angry. Of course, this is years later. <laughs> So you're able to be, you know, have a very calm, grown up conversation. Like, you know, here's what I was feeling when that stuff was going on. So I'm very proud of you for having. So, so correct me if I said anything wrong. Is that what happened in the conversation? That is um, essentially yeah, what happened. She just reached out um, asking. It was essentially like, hey, I hope everything's okay. I was wondering if we could maybe talk about what happened all those years ago. And I did wait a few. I didn't like respond right away. I, I waited to see how I felt rather than like, is it worth it to dig all this back up just to get rid of it again? Or is it something that maybe she needs to feel closure over and maybe it'll help me feel closure over. And I do feel better having done it. I feel like there's like that little monkey off my back. That's like one little part stress. That's like yeah. all those years ago, this happened. I can't believe this happened. And then now it's like, yeah, but it's over with now. Like closure is a cool thing. <laughs> but it, it sounds like though, um, not only is it closure, but it's understanding why she did that or, and, yeah. or what, and you were able to explain why you did what you did. And they, they, those explanations were accepted. 
And they're like, oh, I get that now. I don't, that's not how I interpreted it way back then. Yeah. So I can go back and reinterpret the situation and go, oh, okay. See, now, now let's fast forward. Have you had any arguments recently with anyone else? Um, I actually had one just a f- recently as in the last 24 hours. <laughs> okay. All right. No name names. You don't even have to say a gender. Uh, so um, you were upset about something. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, it was very odd timing when it happened because my first thought was, well, here's, here's another story. Um, this person and I have been friends for roughly a year, year and a half, like really short period of time. Mm-hmm. And they were there in a job in their field, which is something I'm not yet. Mm-hmm. And it is bugging me, which I, you know, it's, it's going to bug me. I think it'll bug anybody who isn't in their field. Um, but this person constantly was complaining about the job, which I understand we all have bad days. We all complain about our jobs, but doing it every single day was starting to bug me. And I was like, but it's in your field. Like, <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. And last night I was very, I, in the words of another friend, I reached my breaking point and I stated my feelings and the person ended up making it about them instead, which I did explain. It's not about you per per se. It's about just, you're not understanding that people aren't in those fields and people don't have jobs. And it's just, it's frustrating to me. And this person took it again, personally, and we kind of just, I quit responding to the massive amounts of texts I was receiving. And I, I quit responding. I turned off notifications and I haven't looked today. I haven't really thought about it today, which is kind of weird. Cause usually I will like dwell on something that happens that I don't like happen. And I don't like that it happened, but it's, it's not resolved yet. I should say, I don't know if it will be positively resolved, but it, it just happened. And I'm still, I'm still a little very upset. I'm, I'm still a little very upset. <laughs> a little very upset. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to give you a little very upset. I, I hear you. And I'm, I'm very, again, proud that you spoke up in my leadership and my communication classes. I spent a lot of time on assertiveness. You know, the idea that you can't be too passive and we can't be too aggressive. And somewhere in the middle is called assertive where your, your rights, your needs, your opinions, your thoughts are valid and they should be shared. They should be, you know, particularly if there's any kind of conflict, they should be out on the table. Everybody can see them. Because that's how the solutions are going to be found. And, but then again, same with the other person. So the other person has valid thoughts, rights, needs, opinions, and they need to be shared so that they're out on the table. So everybody can see what are the real issues here, not guess, not, you know, because guessing is where the problem comes in. You know, I have a quote on the wall behind me from George Bernard Shaw. The single biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it has taken place, Right. The idea that, oh, we successfully communicated when we really didn't, that causes all kinds of conflict and all kinds of arguments. It ain't fun, it ain't fun <laughs> to sit down and have an emotional high stakes conversation with a friend or a spouse or a kid or a parent, really. 
people we care about. It isn't fun because it's, we perceive it to be conflict. But the alternatives are worse. <laughs> Not to have the conversation because we're afraid of conflict, because we don't want to fight, because we don't want any bad feelings to happen, results in too passive a behavior. And we, in the end, don't get our needs and our feelings and our wants out on the table. And so therefore they're not met. And of course, to be too aggressive, like, hey, you need to stop doing that because I feel this way. That isn't good either, right? And I, I talk about this at length in another podcast. So you're in the midst of one of these right now, it sounds like. Like you're trying to deal with, uh, what am I gonna say? How am I gonna react? What's the next step? The, um, the first, like when this friend had first said a few, um, the first said a few things yesterday, I was, it was, it wasn't one-on-one, -on -one, it was in a group chat that it was said, um, and I did subsequently end up leaving the group chat just because I, I didn't really feel the need to stay any longer for other reasons besides this one reason, um, but when this, when these things were said, like the complaining about the job and everything, I waited to see, like, is today the day I'm going to say something? Because <laughs> it has been going on for quite a few months now. And In a group chat setting? Yeah. All right, and so it's not been directed to you. It's not a one-on-one. -on -one. No. It, the, after I stated my feelings, that was one-on-one, -on -one, stating mm -hmm. my feelings to that person. It wasn't done in a group setting. So okay. Just I didn't think it was anybody else's business to see, like, Although, this is what so this is what Heather's feeling, you know. Yeah. Um, but the the complaining and everything on that person's part was done in the group chat, and then I ended up just leaving. I didn't really say anything at first. I thought about it, and I was like, I'm just gonna leave. I really don't feel the need to stay in here any longer. I don't like group chats to begin with, but yeah. I was like, I'm I'm just gonna leave. And then this person, that's when they reached out asking if they did anything wrong. And I was like, yes and no, like complaining about your job is fine. We all have bad days, but at the same time, complaining every single day about your job when you could just really quit your job, if it's really that bad. Um, and I, I like, I waited probably an hour or two before I responded and I thought through multiple responses. <laughs> I was like, I can respond with, no, everything's fine. I, I don't know what happened, but that would be a lie. Or I could respond with, actually, yeah, this happened. And I kind of found a happy medium where like, it wasn't really your fault that I left. It was just, these are what you made me feel like, and I feel no need to stay. And it was probably about 10 minutes when this person responded to my re personal response to them. And mm -hmm. then I waited until probably two, three hours later because I was so fumed up at their response. And I was like, if I respond, it's going to be an anger and I'm going to say something I really probably shouldn't say. Not that I don't want to say, but I probably shouldn't say. Good, good, good. Right. Yeah. Good, good to wait. Yeah. <laughs> wait. Yeah. If, if that's any advice I can give, it's just wait. Don't okay. respond in anger. <laughs> yeah. Or, or for me, it's ask my wife. <laughs> pull, <laughs> pull her into the conversation so that she can guide me 
because she knows where my weakness is and where I go wrong. So she's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. I, I did that with my boyfriend. He knows like when I'm angry, I yeah. can get very verbal and say things I really Aggression. shouldn't say or don't want to say. And he yeah. was like, no, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. And I was like, but I really want to. And he's like, but you're going to make it worse. Don't say that. Right. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, I've never regretted that advice. <laughs> it's very good advice. <laughs> yes. Every time uh, my wife or someone said, look, don't, don't respond right now. Wait a while. And, and now I even let her read the email before I send it. Yep. <laughs> like, uh, did I say this right? And she'll fix a few things because she's very good at this. Um, but I want to, I, I want to mention that uh, when people your age get into conflict, verbal, verbal argument, you, you haven't done it a lot and you you only reply with what you think is the right answer the right way of responding and you have to ask yourself well where did you learn that since you don't get conflict resolution classes in high school you you do it by what we call observational learning you've seen other people react in high stakes emotional conversations for many people it's their parents they've watched them fight or argue, I should say. I don't mean physically fight. Or for others, it could be, you know, people at work, some people at school possibly, but you don't see teachers fight. You don't get, you don't get to witness us having these verbal confrontations. So it's outside the school, most likely. And because, because your adrenaline is fired up, like you get mad at what they said, so you're going to say something back. Your cognition is narrowed. That's another reason to wait until the adrenaline goes away. Your cognition narrows and all your body knows how to do is fight or flight, which in essence means do overlearned behaviors, just trigger a response. And that's going to mean you sound like your mom or you sound like your dad or your best friend, the person you've seen a lot and how they respond to conflict and arguments. And that's not always the best way to respond, right? I apologize to mom and dad, but uh, my mom and dad were terrible. At it. They're still terrible at it. I mean, they're in their 80s. They're still dysfunctional when it comes to having communication. Thank God my wife taught me how to do this much better. So we have to be conscious and explicit about training ourselves to have difficult conversations. And I always recommend a book called Crucial Conversations. It's a, it's a fantastic book. And there's a lot similar ones to that too where it kind of walks through uh, the process of what can you do? What should you do? What should you not do? We don't have time to do the whole thing right now, but I, I'm glad you waited. Part of what I learned over the years, again, is other people your age, or any, any age, maybe haven't read Crucial Conversations either. Right? They're not good at this. Right? They respond knee-jerk with, the first thought that comes to their mind, maybe they don't wait two to three hours like they should have. And I have to be very tolerant of that. I have to say, look, I, that's a good, per otherwise that's a good person. I know they're a good person. Boy, I do not like the way they said that. <laughs> I do not like the way they argued with me right now. But I have to give them lots of leeway and say, but, but who's trained them, right? Where, where did they get any better at this than me? Maybe they're worse. Maybe I've gone, at least I'm thinking about how to do this correctly. And maybe they haven't even had that. So it, hearing what I just said, 
Does it change anything for you? It does. Um, it made me think about like how I learn to respond to high emotional situations. And I think a lot of it is from my mom. She's very, I love my mom to death, but she's very opinionated. <laughs> yeah, so she, she's a share. She, she reacts. She doesn't, yeah, she, she's um, not a passive hold it back person. If she disagrees with something, you're going to know she disagrees with it. That's, um, that's, and that's one way to do it. We had a major fight a few weeks ago and things were said on both ends that, really not only shouldn't have said but weren't meant and I apologized greatly because I felt awful it's awful fighting with your mom I hate fighting with my mom oh yeah Um, I agree but she's a she always if I'm like arguing in a very disrespectful way she'll say like she always has said I love you but I don't like you right now And I think that's really important, like, especially with family or spouses or partners is like, you love them, but right now in this instant, you don't like them. Uh And she did say to me the one moment in the fight, she was like, right now, I love you, but right now I really don't like you. And I don't like how you're talking and I need to walk away. And we went to our rooms and we stayed apart for quite a few days, actually. (laughs) We're good now though. That was a good ending, (laughs) And I'll be honest, I'm not a, I'm not, I've heard that phrase. I love you, but I don't like you right now. I'm not, I'm not fond of that. No. I mean, you can say it, you can say it a different way. Because I, I want people to like me. I want the people who love me to, to also like me. I think, I think they're saying they're mad at me. I don't want them to yeah. add on. I'm mad at you. I love you, but I'm mad at you. All right. I get that. That sounds better to me than yeah. I love you. And I don't like you. I'm like, what? You don't like me? <laughs> When are you going to like me again? Oh, they yeah. never come back. They never come back the next day. Oh, I like you now. Like, they never do that. It's like, are you I, I teased like her you? about that. I was like, so do you like me again? After like everything was said and done. Um, we, yeah. we're, we're, we have a very close relationship. So we were joking around the one day. I was like, so do you like me again? And she's like, oh, shut up. Is that a yes yeah, or a no? I, I think that's a yes. <laughs> but uh, back to the friend. So it's, it's, Quite possible this friend is not trained in good communication skills, right? And yeah. so when you when you tried to be assertive and started off a conversation that you know wasn't going to be received well, so you probably spent a lot of time getting the words just right, yeah. and it, and yet it didn't go well. They still fired back. We have to pause and we have to say, okay, maybe they're not good at this either. And so I'll try again. I, I said what I wanted to say. I got it out the door. I'll wait. Let's give them some time. The be- changes in behavior, by the way, take quite a, quite a lot of time. Like you, said, you said it like it was a habit of this person. Right? First off, they're going to have to agree to change their behavior. And then second, it might take a while to make that change permanent. They may just continue to do it because it's a habit now of always complaining about work. And, and it takes some time. And two, they may not agree to change their behavior, right? And then you have to think to yourself, well, I got to, I got to, that's the dilemma I'm stuck with. And I got to make a choice. Do I just let them complain and and not have it bug me? Because it's just a thing they do. Or, you know, not join that group chat or whatever the, whatever the alternatives are. I confess, I love my wife dearly. But like I said, 30th anniversary, we have a great marriage. There are things that over the years, I'm like, that really used to bug me. And I'm like, eh, (laughs) 
And it's just what she does. <laughs> Sometimes I've even learned to kind of like it, like because she's the only one who does it like that. And used to be really, you know, get to me, but, and I'm sure there's a ton of that in reverse. <laughs> I'm sure her whole life is like, yeah, Eric's super annoying, but <laughs> I just live with it. Right. So you can sometimes just not react after a time and go, oh, that's just what they do. Let me tell you a quick story. I have a friend who's also a massive complainer since childhood, big, big friend of mine. This friend can't stop it. I've actually been to their house. Their family does it. It's a whole family affair. Just complain, constantly complain. Big, long stories about complaining. And it used to just drive me crazy. And then eventually my wife said, well, that's just him. I go, oh yeah, you're kind of right about that. I'm not gonna change that. I mean, we're fifties now. That's just the way he is. And so I, the next time I saw him, I was much more complacent about him. Like, eh, I'll let him get that off because he has to get it off his chest. And then I'll turn the conversation to something else. Now, I, you, hopefully, yeah, you know, this isn't going on for 35 years, but there's just some people that you just have to take them the way they are, right? And just say, well, okay, give him a meh. Is that the thing now? Like a meh. <laughs> <laughs> meh with an M. I don't know. So I, I offer that as an alternative as well. All right, what are you going to do? All right. What, um, for, go back to the first story. What are you going to do with the long-term friend? I think I'll reach out in a few days if I don't hear from her and see, you know, maybe, because um, we don't live in the same town or anything, but maybe if she's ever, she lives close by though. So maybe if she's ever in town, we get a cup of coffee or something, maybe catch up. She now has a family of her own. Uh -huh. and I'm very happy for her. She has the cutest little baby. Yeah. Um, she has a good husband. I know the guy she married. He's a good guy for her. I'm very happy for her. We, we talked about my relationship. She's, she said, she's so happy. I found somebody. Cause I was always like, I'm never going to marry anybody or date anybody. And <laughs> that changed. <laughs> oh, lots of things change. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, um, yeah, maybe reach out every now and then to her, see if she has any social media, at least follow each other. I know that's like, a big thing my generation does is just follow each other and friend each other on social media, but it's a good way to keep up with somebody's life. And I would like to keep up yeah. with her life, just see how she's going with things. And I know she's, she kind of said something about, Oh, I can't wait to see what the future has for you. And I'm like, neither can I. <laughs> yeah. We all, let's all get to the future and see what happens. Yeah. No, I agree. I've done the same thing. People that I, I thought I really would never talk to again, Somehow they're on my social media feed and somehow my feelings changed. And I'm like, yeah, you know, were, that, was high, that was high school. You know, we were all young and stupid. I did stupid things. Like, so they probably just did stupid things. I have to forgive them for stupid things they did in high school. And now I find out they're really cool people. And I was looking for, and I'm really happy I saw them at the class reunion that uh, 40 years later, 35 years later. Uh, so that's good. So the, the more immediate friend, you're still in the midst of this. You're going to reply? They, um, they reached out. I think I'll probably give it a few days to cool down, give myself a little more time to cool down, because even after sleeping on it and everything, I'm still a little upset. Um, and is like I sending, said... Is that sending a message? Is that the cold shoulder message that you're sending? <laughs> um, you ghosting them? Is that a new term for you guys? Yeah. 
I think for now, yeah. I did, um, right before we hopped on together, I did just happen to look at, um, open up the chat just to see uh, if she, or if they had said anything recently. And they did send something this morning. I didn't read it, though. Um, I probably will. And probably when I get home from work tonight, that'll give me time out and away from my phone and away from the situation. And uh, like I said, I I do, I, I will say one of my bad habits is I do like to respond right away. So <laughs> I I have to, I feel like I should probably plan out what I'm, how I'm going to respond and depending on what they've said, see how that goes. And also if it's really nothing worth responding to, I probably won't and probably just let it go. I used to have like, I used to be the one to have to have the last word and that's a really bad habit. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that is. And I'm working on that and I'm, I'm getting better with that. I kind of, I have my boyfriend, like we never argued. We never fought yet. The keyword is yet. I know it's coming, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I know like we'll have like pretend fights where he'll like say something and I'll be like, I could respond to that. And he'll be like, no, 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 don't say anything. I'm like, <laughs> but I really want to. <laughs> Learning to keep it in sometimes. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny because normally I work with students. I'm like, you got to get it out. But every now and then you got to keep it in. <laughs> I got to be honest about that. It, it's like, um, it can't be dragged out like there has to be a stopping point for something and really this is I don't know how this is going to really sound but this is a friendship that I really don't I mean I value all my friendships but like if something were to happen I wouldn't be worse or further where it's a brand new friendship too so it's like one of those yeah okay (laughs) yeah you know and people can be acquaintances yeah. You know, yeah. Acquaintances. That was the word. Yeah. They don't have to be, you know, inter- your inner circle, whatever that might be. Yeah. Well, Heather, this has been productive, I hope. I mean, we've talked out quite a lot, but do you feel like you've gotten anything out of this? I do. I do. I feel I feel a little bit more introspective on how I react to high end situations. And I, I really enjoyed your advice to okay. deal with high end situations. I'll have to keep that in mind. Should well it probably will have more experiences, but should yeah, the next well, fight come along? <laughs> if you want, read Crucial Conversations. I know you're a book reader. so uh, I am. I'll have to check into that. It's a great book. Well, thanks for tuning in today. I hope our audience got something out of this. And, you know, growing up sucks, but, you know, let's try to make it suck less. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, Heather. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 